This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Timberwolves tomorrow night and the next night right here on WCCO. We celebrate often the um, heroics of people that do well and perform well. Sometimes I've long said that we don't spend enough time on some of the others because there are great lessons in life that are being taught out there uh, by people that... um, for different reasons, uh, didn't get to the top but had that dream, uh, sometimes through no fault of their own. Elena Contreras was a starter for the Hopkins, the much celebrated Hopkins girls basketball team, one of the best teams in the country, obviously. And last summer, uh, while she was playing in June before she had gone on the AAU circuit to earn what she hoped would be a high individual one scholarship, uh, she blew out her knee, ACL. Uh, it happens, uh, it's not unusual. Uh, but not only did it end her summer season, it ended her winter season. She can't play with her high school team. Uh, colleges couldn't watch her. Um, all those things come into play. Now, on top of that, her father, Mike, understands basketball because he's a longtime assistant coach at Hopkins. And so that dream that she was living, he was living with her uh, and coaching uh, that team that was her community. And obviously both pulled like the rug from under your feet, and, and now you're left and reduced to watching games and cheering for a team that has had great success and played on ESPN and everything else. And I said this would be an interesting topic to talk to Mike about what it's like to go through that as a parent and at what he sees in his daughter and maybe the learning lesson that he tries to get from it that, that all of us could use from time to time. And he joins us now. Mike, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. How long did you coach at Hopkins? How many years? Oh, I think it was five years, four or five years, something like that. And you just love basketball, right? Love basketball. Just, yeah. It, I mean, if I'm not watching it, I used to play it and I referee it, I'm coaching it. I mean, it just consumes me. And, it, you know, I, there's worse things you can be consumed by. Exactly. Now, your daughter grows <laughs> up and she decides she likes basketball too, or how, how does that play out? She did. Um, you know, when she was little, I didn't want to force her on anything. So we tried a bunch of things. Loved soccer. Just fell in love with soccer. She's got that high-end speed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and didn't want to try basketball. I, I made her. I said, if you don't like it, you can. You don't have to play it. Just because I, you know, love it. Um, ended up loving it. Just loved it. Um, fell in love with the game like me. And, and so now she starts, she 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 got a roadmap, and, and she's playing with some pretty good players, and um uh, things are moving along pretty good, especially if you're at Hopkins, except for COVID, like it affected everybody else. But explain this last summer, what it was like for her and what happened to her. Um, 
it was going really good. Um, the summer before, she had got a lot of, you know, got the ball rolling with colleges and coaches and got a lot of interest, um, had an offer, and we didn't take it because you can't visit. It was COVID. So we weren't going to do anything without visiting. Um, so had a lot of momentum going into her uh, junior year. She started, and then a lot of momentum going into her senior year. Just a great summer. So we were looking forward to July. With a- In AAU world, July is everything. July is, you know, the top of the world. You know, coaches are everywhere. So everyone looks forward to it. Um, Thursday, June 24th, she had a normal practice and tore her ACL. Just, you know. Were you there when she tore it? She tore, excuse me? Were you there when she tore it? I was not. Usually I go to everything. I've never missed practices or anything because I always coached, but she had just got her license a little while ago and wanted, you know, a little independence. And oh, yeah. She said, Dad, yeah, Dad, you don't have to go to every practice. Yep. You know, it's just practice. Yep. You know? So I stayed home. And, and, and that day she said her shoulder hurt. So I had actually texted her and said, take today off. Uh-huh. Don't practice today. You know, you're done for the day. July is huge. Yep. And she said, being her, she said, Dad, there's already four people out. I can't be another person on a sideline city. So I kind of gave in. You I mean said, on her oh. summer team or what? Yeah, on her summer team. Yep. 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 The night, the day she tore ACL, I told her to take it off. Practice. Don't practice. And I kind of gave in and let her decide. So, you know, and then it happened. You know, and then she keep, keeps at me like, what if I would just would have said no? You know, yeah. sit this one out. Let your you let your body rest. So, um, so, so, did you know right? Well, how does does ACL? Is it a couple of days before you know for sure what it is? Well, we went to the emergency room right away. I got to the gym, and she was crying, and she whispered in my ear, "Get me out of here!" You know, everyone's staring at her, and, and oh. there's ice on her on her knee. You know, went to the emergency room, and he did a couple of tests for probably thirty seconds, and he said, "Yeah, I think it's her ACL." Yeah, you know, and we just still held out hope that it wasn't because this wasn't an official diet. You know, it wasn't official. Yep. So we got you know, but he said, "I'm pretty sure it's ACL right away." ACL generally means nine months to a year. Uh, what happens next? You held out some hope that she could play this year. Yes, we did. The first person we went to, he said, "I asked him point blank," and he said, "Yes, January. She'll be back in January." Just matter of fact. You know, just no hesitation. So now you're so you're I fired told, up again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I told her. I went in there to the room and I said that I just heard January, and, and you know she started crying and yes, you know happy tears. Yeah. Um. Well, then we talked to the surgeon, and I talked pulled her in the hallway and asked her the same question after surgery, and she just looked at me with this blank look and said, "Let's go in the room and talk." Yep. And she said, "Not a chance." Not full a chance. tear is that what that meant or what? Full tear, and and she said, the, "If you come back at six to eight months, you can tear it again. There's a higher chance of tearing it again, and you'll be right back in this situation." And, and as hard for, as that was, I bet you appreciated those words that she was frank with you and didn't try to mislead you, huh? Yes, a lot of tears in that room, but that just let us know right away that you know it's not going to happen she didn't want to string us on she didn't want to string elena on or me or or my wife and she just said i have to tell you this right now you know don't hold out hope you might be able to play in march if hopkins makes it to state Mm -hmm. you might that's a small possibility so that was our hope 
but you know that's gone now. Okay, so so now Mike Contreras is our guest, assistant coach at Hopkins uh, was, and his daughter tore her ACL heading towards a scholarship for sure. The only question was what school, and not to mention a senior year with one of the best teams in the history of the state of Minnesota that she would been a starter on that she's missing out on. Uh, right now, so so not, now you know. I mean, life is right. There's your lemon. Where's your lemonade? Uh, you know she's going to be good, uh, and she she could be good enough to you know play somewhere. But the options aren't what she thought they were. What what do you do? Because there's still there's still a market for her. You're just trying to figure out the market. Yep, and I wanted to be proactive, so I called about three coaches that were really really on her. I didn't call the rest. I just told them the situation I wanted to tell them right away and in my mind I was hoping they were going to still say you know what with technology today with the way things are she'll be back 100% next year we're still interested in her well that didn't happen you know it, it, the kiss of death was we'll, we'll be in touch and that's, that's yeah. what they all said yeah. <laughs> and basically yeah. they're saying look man we got a transfer portal we got freshmen we got lots of options here uh, nothing okay. against your daughter, but we're in business to win games, and, and 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 we need to move on people. We can't sit and wait because we got all kinds of options here to, to win games. Exactly, and that's that's it right there. You know, they have so many options. Extra year transfer portal. Um, it was already tough on twenty twenty two's her yeah. her age group, um, and this just made it tougher. She was kind of just tossed aside, and I can't be mad at them. That they, they like you said, it's a business they have to win. You can't win with the kid with the ACL. Yeah, Glenn Mason, as you just say, I'm not in the football coaching business. I'm in the winning business. I only get a job if I win, so I'm in the business of winning. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Hey, can you stay on with us for a quick break? I can. Mike Contreras is our guest. So what do you do now? Your, your, your daughter's lost her dream of playing her senior season with her friends for a state championship uh, where you'd be the heavy favorites, and, and, and the scholarship offers are gone. What does Dad do next? What does Elena do next? We'll ask him when we come back on Sports to the Max. What does Elena do next? We'll ask him when we come back on Sports to the Max. Welcome back. Mike Contreras is our guest. He's a former assistant coach at Hopkins High School. His daughter Elena on her way to Division I scholarship until she tore her ACL and missing her senior season and missing her Division I scholarship. Doesn't mean her basketball career is over. However, we rejoin the conversation with Mike. So, Mike, you find out there's no Division One schools that are going to put the money on the table, but she still wants to play. What do you do next? Yeah. Oh man, that was you know you feel hopeless at first, you know. But um, in my mind, there was so much interest in her, and I knew so many people, and we made so many contacts that somebody was going to take a chance. That was my mindset. Somebody was going to take a chance. Um, Coach Starks reached out to some schools, and, you know, they were honest with her. We didn't get to see her play. And Dre Jefferson from the Minnesota Suns, Gerard Curry from North Tartan. Um, I was getting so many texts from people saying, let me know what I can do. Um, but it's crazy how life works. I met a guy, a coach from a school in Brooklyn, New York, St. Francis, who he no longer coaches there. He just texted me at one day off the blue. Hey, how you doing? Just checking on you and Elena. And he didn't know. You know, I told him what happened. Um, he says, I got a friend down at Cochise. Let me call you right back. Next thing I know, the Cochise assistant coach is calling me. She wants film and a highlight. I sent it down there, and they said, when can you visit? So, now, now, take me back. Explain Cochise, what, 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 what college this is. 
It's a JUCO, D1 JUCO in Arizona, Douglas, Arizona. Um, I, I wouldn't have heard of it. Or I never heard of Douglas, Arizona. Uh, we did have a Hopkins player go there a couple years ago, um, but I didn't know anything about it, nothing. And they called and wanted us to visit. Flew us down there and laid out the red carpet, and she felt real comfortable to say yes to them. So she's going to community couch, and she still got the same goal, right? Correct, correct. She uh, One day we were driving, and she just out the blue said, I want to play in March Madness. And, you know, that's the first time I heard her say that. So so this this thing has given her time to think, and, you know, I don't know, you know, people say find yourself, but now I think it's given her time to do that. You know, so, I mean, it, it's brought out some good things, even though, it's a horrible thing that happened to a kid. Um, it's not the worst thing. And but so, I mean, I mean, has she come around? What's her attitude like now? Does she feel disappointed because all her friends are going to four-year colleges? How is she handling it? Yes, when, you know, it was tough. When, you know, social media is everything, not for kids. Um, you know, her friend Amaya is going to the U. Taylor Woodson's going to Michigan. Um, girls that she played against and did well are going to other D1s. You know, and you see committed, 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 you know, and, and we talked about it for a little bit. It was tough. It was tough. You know, she would come up to me and say, you know, I played against her. Um, you know, I feel I, I, I can play with her. You know, she never put any, anybody down or anything down. She was happy for these girls, but it was tough seeing everyone commit to these D1 schools, and she has nothing as of yet, as, as of that time. Yeah, even though she knows it can happen and all those things, it's, still, it's hard when you're not in that conversation, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. And the conversations, you know, with adults saying congrats to this kid and congrats. Yeah. You know, Minnesota yeah. Nice is great, you know, but. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So so you're yeah. sitting and you decided if she can't play, I'm not going to coach. Not because you don't like coaching, but because you one of two things. Either it would be so hard every game or with all the joy that this team was going to extract out of the games that they played, you'd almost felt guilty enjoying to an extent explain what went into that because you just you just said as a dad i can't do this yeah i i just felt if i can't if she can't enjoy basketball who am i to enjoy this game i i stopped refing i didn't i i just felt who am i to run up and down this court on two good knees you know and she my daughter's laid up in the bed on pain meds in august and july and on crutches and she can barely move I don't want to watch basketball. I don't want to see basketball. I didn't want anything to do with basketball, a game that I just loved for over 40 years. It, it just took, it took everything out of me. So what is it, it like right now for you? Can you go to a game, or do you, do you go? Yes, I, I've I've gone to some Hopkins games now, and I've gone to some other games. I'm starting to enjoy it again. Um, she's, she's coming to games with me, you know, going to see her friends play that she played AU with. Uh, St. Louis Park games, MCA games, uh, so it, it's going good right now. She's she's getting back into running now. She can run and jump right now. She's still a couple months out, which is disappointing for her. But it is enjoying seeing Hopkins having fun. You know, I smile. Yeah, yeah how good know, are they, Mike? Oh my goodness, they're scary. They're yeah. scary. They're, they're just rolling through people where you think this is going to be a good game. All right, let me settle in, and they're up thirty at halftime. Yeah, you know that's not a bad thing, but they're just rolling. It's scary what Coach Starks has has them doing right now. Yeah, I mean that is a lot of talent sitting in one gymnasium on a 
on a, on a given night for sure. What have you learned from it? You know, you're, you're not the first parent to go through it, and obviously the stakes may be higher because of scholarship online, et cetera, but, but lots of kids get injured during the year, and lots of them lose their senior year, their junior year, whatever it is, to injury. What, what have you learned from it that you would share with other parents? Patience. It's gonna, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. No matter how dark it gets, you're going to get there. And when I say there, I mean you're going to be cleared 100%. Your daughter, your son, whoever it is, it will get there, it will get better, and everything will be okay. Um, everything happens for a reason. That's the big thing I learned. Everything happens for a reason. She wasn't supposed to go to that school that offered her. She wasn't supposed to go visit here. I passed up a lot of visits in June. I made that decision. Um, she's supposed to be at Cochise. Why? I don't know yet. But they gave her that opportunity. I'm forever grateful for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been texting them and in contact with them, but it's going to be okay. It, it really is going to be okay. Mike Contreras, our guest, but you know, there's, there's another, there's a third piece to this, and that's your wife, who helps yes. hold this, her mother, that helps hold this thing together. Um, through faith. And when I hear everything you know happens for a reason, I hear what I believe your wife probably communicates as well. Oh my goodness. She kept me together. She she really kept me and her together. You know, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith. Um she never panicked, never wavered. Just she just kept telling me it's gonna be okay. There's a bigger reason behind this. And I had to get used to that and I had to believe it. You know, it took me a while to believe that, but I believe it now. I believe it. And when you're angry, you don't want to hear that. No. No, but, you know, and, and uncertainty creates anger, right? I mean, um, uh, knowing she's going to Cochise is clarity. Clarity eliminates anger. Uh, you know, it, it just just, know, just knowledge of what's next eliminates anger to an extent. You also had the pleasure, we had him on the other night, of coaching with Brian Cosgrove. What did that yeah. do for you? Oh, my goodness. Um I used to, you know, I felt I was a pretty good coach, and I used to go to coaching clinics. Once I started coaching with Kaz, I didn't have to go to co- coaching clinics anymore. I lived. <laughs> you got a clinic every, every day, day, huh? <laughs> every day. That that man is just taught me a lot. He he was so dedicated. He, I thought I worked hard. I didn't work hard until I met Kaz, and it was fun. It's not hard work when it's fun. You know, he really created a family atmosphere. Um, I, I just can't wait. I hope he gets into it again where I can go join him. Yeah. You know, who knows? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, he's doing it as an assistant, but you're right. I mean, some program needs to make this guy the head man. I mean, let's go here. You, you, you want a good experience for kids? You want him to win? You want him to learn the right things? Let's go. Let's get this thing done right. Let's hire the right guy, you know? Exactly. All right, exactly. buddy. Appreciate it. You're well-spoken, and I appreciate it. Good to spend time with you the other day. and wish Elena well as well. I appreciate you. Thank you for telling her story, and thank you for having me on. You bet, Michael. Wow. Uh, tough stuff. You forget about the tough stuff that goes into life. And it always looks easy when you're playing on some team and things are going well. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes it's not. And uh, it doesn't mean it won't, but it's not at the moment. Uh, when we come back, he's throwing his hat in the ring. What ring, what hat? We'll explain when we come back. A lot going on right now in sports and beyond, and um, there's an umbrella that's over everything, and that is the decisions that we make and how our society moves along. Uh, Dave Hutchinson, 
is going to be out as Hennepin County Sheriff. He's announced he will not seek re-election after an unfortunate DWI, car crash, all those things that have been in the headlines. Jai Hansen has said, I want in. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm putting my hat in the ring. I, I want that spot. And he joins us now. Thank you for joining us tonight. Mike, thank you for having me on. Expl- explain your background, first of all, in law enforcement. Yeah, law enforcement, uh, I've been a police officer for 15 years now. I have a master's degree in public safety administration from the University of St. Thomas just across the river. Um, I grew up in Minneapolis, and that's that's my base, and that's where uh, my family lives, and uh, that's, that's the area I'm passionate about. But uh, seeing what happened in Minneapolis and spreading throughout our county, this is this is the time that we need to step in and we need to get this figured out. As, as a law enforcement official, when you say that, seeing what happened and, and how it's spreading out, what do you mean by that? What do you see from where you sit? Well, from a law enforcement perspective, I think, you know, seeing uh, throughout my career uh, what, what's been going on and the way it's been trending and the way it's been trending is not uh, in a way that's uh, productive to our county. And um, we need to fix it. I mean, you, you saw what happened after George Floyd. You had a front row seat. You were out there night in and night out talking to people and, and seeing uh, the trauma that people were going through. And uh, it's, it's continuously got worse. And we need to figure out how, to, how we can control that. And there hasn't been any leadership. No politicians have stepped up. And, and for me to step in this race is because uh, I see the lack of empathy to to the people that are in our county, and um, the victims have nobody advocating for them. And uh, I think for for what we need, we need a, a sheriff that's independent and not lockstep with the political party. And that's why I'm running as an independent and uh, putting people over the politics. So, so did, did you think, I mean, what, what was your assessment of Sheriff Hutchinson's body of work uh, short of, you know, the unfortunate incident that he had? Well, I announced my candidacy back in August. And, and uh, for me, his critical errors happened uh, way before no, uh, December and, and what happened in December. Uh, you know, Sheriff Hutchinson on a personal level is a, is a good guy. And uh, I wish him the best. However, uh, I, I called him in August before I announced, and, and we just have a fundamental difference on how we want to uh, get to the our end goal and what we see is uh, uh, productive for our county. And um, for me, the the lack of leadership after uh, George Floyd and the civil unrest and how that was handled, we don't let a community burn to the ground. And and I think he was uh, MIA in that that time frame. Uh, what how how did that work at that time, and, and and how should it work from a county perspective when you've got this thing that you know is central to Minneapolis, but it's also going on in St. Paul uh, at that time when you're talking about the George Floyd riots and the vandalism that went with it. How should a county operate at that point in time? I think we need a vocal leadership leader in that position. Uh, you know, as the sheriff, you are the chief law enforcement officer of the county, and and as far as that goes, you need you need to uh, be able to to uh, get out there and be 
be a champion for the law enforcement members as well as the community. And, and there was just a lack of leadership there during that time. You, you don't answer to any elected party uh, in any elected body like a Minneapolis City Council or the Minneapolis mayor or the governor, quite frankly. Uh, so he had a ability to take a leadership role there that uh, was lacking, and he failed to do so. Okay, let, let's take Jay Anson's our guest. He, he's going to run for uh, Hennepin County Sheriff. You know what's happened in Minneapolis? Um, we've got uh, three young people that were shot. Uh, it, you know, crossfire randomly, whatever it was. That we have no, uh, we still don't know who shot them, or at least they haven't been convicted or arrested. Now we've got Deshaun Hill, uh, and we're trying to find him. Who does that fall upon? Does it fall upon, in your mind, does that fall upon everyone? Should the Hennepin County Sheriff's Department be heavily involved in that? Uh, do you turn it over to MPD? Do you let somebody else come in? How does that work? Because we're sitting out there with, with people that have shot people, and, and we haven't brought them to justice. You know, great question, Mike. I, I think for me, uh, running as uh, the sheriff, I, I for Sheriff, I, I would say this. I think we need to assist Minneapolis PD. Um, and I don't mean taking their 911 calls, but what I do mean is doing targeted enforcement where we can uh, ease the pressure on not only them, but other agencies or other cities in our county, whether that's carjacking, home invasions, or shooting. Um, we, we need to get this under control. And I think that's what a uh, metro-wide approach can do. There's been mayors of certain suburban uh, cities that have asked for that, for a metro-wide response, and that's what a, a sheriff's office can can assist with. Jai Hansen, our guest, running for Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. You know, it, it, right now I'm kind of fascinated by or um, – uh, interested in, in the investigations because like i said we haven't been able to bring to justice are we short on investigators or are we are we what are we you know everybody said you know somebody knows who did it somebody knows who shot deshaun hill the other day somebody knows uh who shot those those, those poor innocent uh uh children last year uh and, and we say well, why isn't somebody talking there's reward money there's everything out there uh, how, how do you finesse it how do you how do you how do you find the killers uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, I think we're short across the board. Uh, we, One of our biggest challenges in law enforcement is going to be how are we going to recruit in the retention of good officers sure. and keeping them in those positions. How, how and, would you do that? Uh, what, what's the key? I think that starts with leadership. I think that starts with our politicians. I think that starts with rhetoric. And I think uh, what our politicians have shown over and over again, that they have not supported uh, uh, law enforcement approach and community approach when you can do both. I think we can acknowledge a history of a criminal justice system that hasn't been um, always fair to people of color, uh, but, but that doesn't mean we don't hold people accountable for, for their actions today. Um, you know, as a person of color myself, growing up in Minneapolis, I get it. I understand, you know, walking through stores and being followed. But but what hurts me is watching what's happening to our county. We don't let a county burn to the ground. You look at the riots after Martin Luther King in the 60s in Chicago. Chicago has never recovered from that. And I, I don't, I, I'm not uh, 
saying this as being a bully and holding people accountable. I'm saying this for for the people that don't have uh, somebody advocating for them, the people that face the trauma and, and continuously are facing the trauma with no representation. I'm talking about people around, you know, 38th in Chicago that are worried that their kids are going to get hurt when they're going to the bus stop or, uh, you know, drug deals in front of their house. These are the people I want to, I want to, uh, you know, run for. If somebody was to ask you, Jai, uh, here, here's what you need to know about being a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, if they were just to ask you about that right now in 2022, what would your answer be? What, what do you need to know about being an officer right now in the Minneapolis police force? Well, I, I'm not with Minneapolis PD right now. No, but I know I, that, I but you understand the position. I understand the position, and what I would say to them, it, it's a, it's a, as a, as a police officer in general, it's a thankless position, right? I think, I think when, when you have leadership that, uh, that's coming down on you and you have politicians coming down on you. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a thankless position. However, it's a position that's so important and so needed. And we need to continue to champion for our good officers and have that support for them. So we can get uh, the objectives done and protecting people. That's why for me, it's really important that I run as an independent. I don't want to be lockstep with, any political party, because if we're going to fix this, we need to do it surrounding public safety and the people. And I need to, at the end of the day, I need to be able to look in the mirror and be happy with the campaign our team runs. I hear you, man. Keep, keep us in the loop. Keep us updated. Uh, it's heavy lifting right now, and you know that emotionally and, and everything else. Absolutely. And, and it's uh, yes, it's a place that none of us ever thought we'd see that we're in right now and we got to quit uh, pretending it doesn't exist and start accepting that it does and, and start doing something about it but uh, appreciate it very much and we'll stay in touch thank you thank you for having me on you bet jai hansen running for the uh, position of hennepin county sheriff that is a tough tough spot to be but you got to have somebody that wants to be there when we come back the super bowl according to Tubbs, stay with us Interesting show tonight covering a lot of different stuff. Chris Tubbs, you uh, watch football games sometimes with a keen interest, sometimes with uh, uh, financial interest. Mm-hmm. How'd you watch yesterday's? With uh, very much with a financial interest. And, and do you play the the game of uh, the numbers games, the you know uh, two and seven at the halftime and all that stuff? No, I don't play the squares so much. Or I might play a few prop bets, but I'm more into the DFS thing, the the daily fantasy, where you're putting together your your lineup of five guys and you're trying to figure out, you know, where you who you're going to put in your captain spot and how you allocate all your money to make sure that you got your lineup that's, you know, under your fifty or sixty thousand dollars salary cap. How'd you come out? I got to admit, Maxie, I was looking real good, and I'm not going to like toot my own horn, but yeah. I'm going to toot my own horn. I was within, at halftime, before OBJ got hurt, I was hanging around like three, four points into the, um, let's just say there were a couple of numbers and then a comma in terms of the prize pool. Come on now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. And I feel so bad. So you had Beckham? Yes, I had OBJ in my captain spot, which gave me a point and a half more. And then I, I you know, I had, 
you know, Joe Mixon and Matthew. I really loaded up with the Rams offense, and then you, you had to have just a couple with the Bengals. So I went with Joe Mixon because I knew he'd get the ball, and then you kind of got to throw a dart here and there. Um, but, yeah, and, yeah, the funny thing is, Maxie, when OBJ got hurt, I, I mean, I was feeling good. He got hurt, and I'm like, I told my wife, and I feel like a complete jerk for saying this. I'm like, I feel so bad for OBJ, but I said I feel really bad for me because this was like, I mean, I've never been this close to a big time prospect. Like oh man, I was knock knock knocking on heaven's door, and, and, man. And what what didn't happen that would have you know, what could have taken you up still without him? That didn't happen. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that hurt was that T. Higgins seventy five yard touchdown at the yeah. beginning of the of, of the third quarter. Because those that had Higgins not only in their lineup but got the extra point and a half, that catapulted them over everybody that sure. had OBJ. And I mean, OBJ plays more. At least you can somewhat mitigate that or equal that out. So that pretty much. Uh, I mean, I still did okay, but I I didn't come out as nearly as good as I could have. And 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 so <sighs> when you see a, a, let's just say a call like the non call. Uh, or they didn't call the obvious offensive pass interference on him. Does it just infuriate you when you have money on it? It, it does. But at first, I I f- was trying to figure out, I'm like, why did Jalen Ramsey just lose his footing? And then you yeah. look and you're like, that was such an egregious OPI and they didn't call it. And I'm like, that's crazy. Now, was that karma a couple of years ago in the, you know, the NFC Championship game? With yeah, really. Nicole yeah. Roby Coleman. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know, but it was just one of those really weird, like, I, I figured at that stage with the way that Ramsey's head turned around and the way that he was flung, that th- th- it would have been something. But I, I mean, after that, it, you know, I, I needed a lot. And again, I did okay, but I would have needed a lot more. But yeah, it was fun to say I was in the hunt for, you know, for 50 G's for, you know, 60 minutes. Yeah, you're in the hunt, man. There's something. I'm like, the, I'm like the Vikings in week 14. I'm in the hunt. You're in the hunt, man. I'm in the hunt. I'm not going to make the playoffs, yeah. but I'm in the hunt. Yeah. So can you enjoy watching a game, though, when you've got that involved? You got skin in the game? Yeah, I, I can. Um, I can. Well, I, it just, I've just gotten to the point where it's just a little extra nudge for me to have a little, you know, have a little cash, have a little something, something riding on the game. Um I can enjoy games when I don't have anything, but I, I don't know. To me, as I've gotten older, I just like to be able to make a little investment here and there. Okay, but but you can do that and still enjoy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like at the end of the game, like I was I was invested in you know are, are the Bengals really going to go down and you know possibly get to overtime? You know, win their first Super Bowl ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was rooting for that. I. You know, I, I kind of like to see these franchise that they've their fan base has never experienced a Super Bowl. So I'd like to see that happen. I, I'd like to see that fan base experience that, you know, because I, I, I want to be part of that fan base someday. So I I can I can sit back and enjoy a game when I've got it and, you know, when I've got money on it or when I don't. I mean, I to me, it's more enjoyable when I have money riding on it, but I can sit back and watch a game and Enjoy it just as much. Um, this doggone thing called the NFL, though. I mean, you know, there was a time when we thought, okay, 
uh, ratings are down, COVID is in, mm-hmm. dealing with the uh, concussions, dealing with all this stuff. Uh, veterans are, you know, got, retired players want a bigger piece of it, uh, injuries, uh, fewer kids playing, blah, 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 blah. And somehow, some way, you wake up on uh, February 14th, 2022, and they are so far superior and so far the king of sports. Yeah. And, it, and the gap is even wider, isn't it? I think because they do one thing that none of the other leagues do, and they are a made-for-TV sport. Some of the yeah, other yeah. games... Some of it's by accident, but it, but they are so made-for-TV that it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, th- there are people that... It's like, oh, I can't watch golf, or I can't watch baseball, or I can't watch hockey. I can't do... Anything. Football is something that I think more people enjoy watching on TV than they enjoy going to the games. Oh, it just sucks you right in. It's and, and, just yeah. the right amount of time uh, after the play to see the replay, to mm-hmm. form an opinion. Then they run the next play. Then you say they should pass, and they run. I mean, it's just the perfect amount of time there to get everybody's attention, and it just brings you right in and doesn't let you go until the game is over. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think people realize how much downtime there is. Oh, yeah. In, in, which in, is in, perfect in football. for fans, it turns out, because that allows for the high-definition, low-angle replay. Absolutely. We decide whether or not they should challenge it with a flag yeah, the, 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 and, the, and the nfl is invested in that they, you know they've invested in those cameras they've invested yes, in, they've in, in the perfected it in the bits in the marketing it's like you know every broadcast now has a former official whether it's dean yes. blandino or it's mike Pereira or whoever like you have somebody there that can speak on it and five years ago that wasn't the case no, and, and uh, Gene Serratore was on yesterday on the radio side of it. And mm-hmm. It was great talking about the way you approach it. We had Bernie Kukar on the night, of course. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's interesting yeah. stuff, you know, but, but all that stuff is interesting. And the NFL is interesting. And, you know, everything about it is interesting. And, you know, it's just, it's just incredible to me uh, to see what they've got. Like some of it they've just stumbled upon. Like the collective bargaining agreement from years ago created free agency. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't think about it at the time, but that was a windfall in publicity because everybody talks in the off season about what free agents you can sign under the same with the salary cap. The salary cap was designed for one thing, but now everybody's talking about cap money and should they take the hit? And they, I mean, all these things have become, I mean, they've just stumbled into some of these that have been unbelievable marketing tools. The off season for the NFL. It's is, unbelievable. It's maybe even more popular than the season itself. I mean, itself. when the NFL draft is bigger than your NBA playoffs in yeah. terms of rating by far, you know, what more do you need to know? People people love the NFL offseason, Maxie. All right, buddy. Good to be with you again, my friend. You too. Tubbsy putting it in perspective. Henry Lake will do the same coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.